Comprehensive, relevant, and insightful conversations about health and medicine happen here on MedStar Health Doc Talk. The shoulder is the most movable joint in the human body, but falls and accidents can cause it to dislocate. Other factors can make it become unstable. Are you more prone to injury if you were born with loose ligaments? Well, today we'll get the answer to that and learn more about shoulder instability from shoulder and elbow specialist, Dr. Melissa Wright from MedStar Union Memorial Hospital and MedStar Franklin Square Medical Center in Baltimore. I'm your host, Mike Shu. Welcome to Doc Talk. Dr. Wright, thank you very much for being with us. Thanks so much for having me. The obvious question is, what is shoulder instability and how does it differ from injury or arthritis? Sure. So shoulder instability is a really broad topic. A lot of people kind of feel instability and that can mean a lot of different things to people. You know, we talk about shoulder instability. We're talking about movement of the shoulder that is no longer normal. So the shoulder has more motion than any other joint in the body. It is a more lax joint, but it can become pathologically unstable. Um, and that can cause impairments in function and even cause pain for patients. Um, and so that's different than, uh, you know, arthritis, which is actually more of a condition of stiffness. Um, and when you think about injury, a lot of instability does actually derive from injury. It derives initially often from a shoulder dislocation event. So someone, are, are some people predisposed to to have instable shoulders. So some people are. So there's kind of two big categories of shoulder instability when we think about it. There's um, shoulder instability that results after a dislocation event, and that's more of a traumatic instability that can become a recurrent instability problem and ultimately need surgery. And then we have patients who more have what you what you said, kind of that more they're born with some more instability in their shoulder. And so those are people that may have conditions of loose ligaments that they either know about or don't. And that can that doesn't necessarily mean they had a trauma, but they just have more of this instability of their shoulder where they feel it kind of pop out of place and and not work the way they want it to. So for someone like that, when it pops out of places, you say, is that, does that feel different for someone who it's already loose than someone who's average or normal where if it pops out, you know, there's some screaming going on. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, some of our, our patients that are more ligamentously lax and have this kind of chronic instability related to their tissues, they'll feel it slide and they can kind of pull it back in place. And it's more something that happens on kind of a regular basis that they deal with and they adapt to. Um, Whereas a patient who has traumatic instability, you know, that's a a football player who hits the ground or a skier who falls, Mm -hmm. the shoulder comes out of place and it does not go back in. And often it requires a visit to the emergency room to get the shoulder back in place. Um, Yeah. um, Yeah. (laughs) Great. <laughs> not yeah. yeah. <laughs> not what you want to do on your vacation. But. Uh, no, it would it would kind of wreck a vacation quick. Um, what causes uh, shoulder instability? Um, so you know, like I said, a lot of the the shoulder instability we think about that comes from a trauma. It, it comes from a trauma. So the shoulder pops out of place once, and when that happens. Uh, We know that there are ligaments and the labrum in the shoulder that get torn. Uh, We can get the shoulder to go back into place. And many times then with the appropriate rehabilitation, the shoulder can kind of heal back in, those tissues can scar in, and the shoulder can be stable. But sometimes, uh, depending on how bad the initial damage was and the kinds of activities the person likes to do, 
instead of healing, those tissues kind of stay looser and the shoulder then might come out again. And the more times it comes out, the easier it is for it to come out each time. So is there a cure for that? So, you know, like I said, initially we always try physical therapy um, when somebody has one of these first time traumatic dislocations. And a lot of times those tissues can scar in, but especially in our young patients who are really active or play contact sports, that's not enough. And once that that first dislocation has happened, it becomes a a pattern. Um, And then we have to talk about surgery. And the surgery would involve somehow making it Hold tight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so there's a lot of different ways we can do that, um, depending on, um, you know, the patient and exactly the damage that has happened from those dislocations. But the goal, as you said, is to tighten up the shoulder and stabilize their shoulder again. So it stops coming out of place. Do you see a, a, a typical patient if there is such a thing? So I would say the most common patient to present with a traumatic shoulder dislocation um, is a young male. So we're talking kind of late teenage, early 20s. Um, It is more common in males because it does tend to be a traumatic event related to an accident or sporting event. So we see it in a lot of contact athletes. Shoulder dislocations happen in in our lacrosse players and our football players, um, wrestlers. Those are all people at high risk of having a shoulder dislocation. Just because of the nature of what they're doing. Exactly. The nature of what they're doing, the position their arm gets pulled into, um, which can be pretty extreme. Wow. And then, so, so for older folks, it's just not as common because they're not putting those positions. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it can still definitely happen. Uh, Like I said earlier, like a skiing accident, things like that, a trauma can always, you know, cause those kinds of damage, but we see it less in older patients. Um, Older patients are also more um, the shoulder in someone older tends to be stiff. And so <laughs> One of the few uh, times the deal so the, that good. stiffness tends to protect you from it coming out of place. Uh, you may end up with a different kind of injury, but um, less likely a dislocation. Well, yeah. Something's still going to hurt, but it's, <laughs> exactly. it's not going to be there. Exactly. Um, so throwing injuries, I'm sure there's a, a lot of instability that is associated with that. Yeah. So throwing itself doesn't necessarily tend to lead to an unstable shoulder. Um, There are some imbalances in motion that can develop chronically in throwing athletes, but um, instability in the throwing athlete is an important consideration because like I said, it's a lot of athletes who have these traumas who get these shoulder dislocations and throwers need a huge amount of motion in their shoulder. And so that line between a shoulder that is unstable Mm-hmm. and dislocating and a problem and a shoulder that has a huge range of motion to allow for the kind of wind up a thrower needs, that can be a fine line. And in a thrower who ends up having to have surgery for shoulder instability or shoulder dislocation, that's a huge consideration because we need to get that amount of motion back for them. The, the type of people that then you'll see, I mean, it's the, the throwers or those who in, in sort of contact sports, I mean, you know, swimmers or rowers or something, you're not seeing them. Not as much. Uh, swimmers can end up with some shoulder, some shoulder issues, but it tends to not be so much uh, the traumatic instability. They can have issues with more kind of chronic micro instability, one might say, where it's not coming all the way out of socket, but it's definitely moving around a lot in there. I like how when we're talking about these different sports, you're sort of mimicking it with your hands and you can't see that in audio, but you know, I, when you're doing swimming, I'm like, I know exactly. Yeah, yeah, swimming, that swimming you know, motion. That exactly. Motion. Um, what options are there out there to, to treat the instability? So physical therapy is a huge, um, hugely important treatment option for instability, especially the patient who's never had a 
a true traumatic dislocation, if they have instability related to their soft tissues or kind of their overuse type activities, uh, therapy is really important. And working with a good therapist for, you know, three to six months can make a big difference. Three to six months? Yes, yes. Everybody's so impatient. They want something now. I I know. Cut me, give me a pill, do something, wrap it up. But no, three to six months. Three to six months. So, you know, um, this kind so. Instability related to tissues is actually then more common in like young female patients. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's sort of a dichotomy there, um, but they, their tissues tend to be more lax. And so they've never had a trauma that popped their shoulder out of place, but it's, it's kind of unstable and they feel it sliding. Um, and they really can get better with therapy, but it takes a long time. And so, um, you know, kind of talking to a patient about that, especially someone who's active and wants to feel better now, um, is, is hard, but important because, you know, we can get the result with therapy. And so we try to avoid surgery if we can. When, when do you, you know, you, you have them go through the therapy mm-hmm. first, if they can, mm-hmm. at a certain point, what's the tipping point where you're like, all right, we really need to. Sure. So things that push us to surgery and instability are, you know, like you said, if you've gone three, six months and you failed therapy and you're still feeling those, the the instability that pushes us to surgery. And then, um, in some of the more traumatic cases or cases where someone's had recurrent instability after a trauma, um, the, the amount of tissue damage can really push us towards surgery. So you can start to have an injury to your socket, uh, not just the tissues, but actually the bone, um, and that can really drive us towards surgery because we don't want you to be losing, losing bone on the socket. Wow. So like some things, you know, things go untreated. It's just, there's more pain, but something mm-hmm. like this, if it goes yeah. untreated, you can actually start. You can, it can really change even what our treatment is. Um, if you let your shoulder continue to dislocate repeatedly, uh, because you can really damage the bony structure of your shoulder. How many times can people tolerate that before they're like, do something. I mean, yeah, I mean, you've, you've seen all kinds of things. Yeah. You know, people are amazing in what they can tolerate. Um, and I'm a big baby. So <laughs> <laughs> well, you might not be amazing, but you know, yeah. a lot of people are, especially our athletes, you know, our young athletes, you know, they, they take a hit and they get right back up. And so, you know, then you don't want, they don't want to be out. They don't want, they don't want that downtime. And so, um, you know, they'll, they'll tolerate it coming out coming out again and, and having that conversation about the right time, um, in an athlete to fix their unstable shoulder is really important too. Because again, it takes, because the rehab takes six months afterwards, you know? So, you know, um, that's, that's a whole conversation about, you know, how bad the damage is, how, you know, realistically they can play with the shoulder the way it is. And then when's the best time for surgery. Well, do they oftentimes ask you for, you know, the advice of like, what, you know, should I play to the end of the season or whatever, yeah, or should, yeah. should I get it now? And the the doctor, you know, and a lot of teams have, you know, a team physician, things like that, even, even our high school athletes. Um, and the doctor plays a big role in that conversation because, you know, we want everyone to be successful and, you know, play when they can, but we don't want anyone hurting themselves or doing more damage to themselves. So I'm sure it's difficult to ask this when, you know, a, a catch all question like this, but, um, what level of function can patients expect after surgery? Sure. So, I mean, our, our goal is to restore them to a, a full level of function that allows them to get back to sports. Um, you know, a lot of instability surgery is done in young men who are athletes and want to play. And that's why the rehab is important. That's why um, kind of the plan beforehand is really important, too. So for people who throw balls or they, they, they play golf, um, you know, the people who have to rotate their shoulders for every reason, 
they they may be able to get back to the same level. That's what we try to. for. Um, yeah. And that is a balance because inevitably we are stiffening the shoulder a little bit when we're trying to stabilize it. Um, but yes, we get patients back to throwing um, to throwing sports. Um, any success stories you can share with us of people who that they presented and they were pretty difficult and look at them now? Yeah. I mean, you know, I can think of, you know, one patient off the top of my head who was like a high school wrestler and, and he um, actually had some, some nerve injury um, at the time of his first shoulder dislocation and the shoulder was able to be put back in and his nerve recovered. Um, but because of that level of trauma, we went ahead and, and stabilized the shoulder um, right after that first dislocation. So he wouldn't keep having nerve injury and he got back to wrestling um, and, you know, went on to college and all that. So, which is a tough, that can be super tough. Yes. On the, on Wrestling the is tough on oh. the shoulder. It really is. Yeah. I mean, you know, you are a, a elbow and shoulder specialist. Mm-hmm. We've talked all about this shoulder business. Um, does do the same things happen in elbows? Do you have that or is it not as common? So elbow dislocations are far less common. And so we don't typically see them kind of in those athletic populations um, just from sport. Um, that tends to be, a bigger trauma. So, you know, falls, accidents. uh, Is that because it's a simpler joint? There's kind of just one, you know, axis level of. It's because the joint is inherently more stable. So one of the reasons that the shoulder um, is so prone to instability and dislocations is because the shoulder at baseline moves so much and we want it to move so much. um, But the kind of downside of that is it is higher risk for coming out of place. So then you personally, what attracted you to this line of work, the elbow and shoulder of all the different things that you could, you could specialize in a doctor? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I love the shoulder and elbow joints because they're complex and because there's a whole lot of different things that can happen and a lot of different ways we can, we can treat problems at the shoulder and elbow. Um, and so, you know, like we just, we've been talking about instability and, you know, physical therapy is really important. A lot of patients we can rehab, we don't necessarily have to do surgery, but when it comes to surgery, there's different ways to do it. There's arthroscopic surgery, there's open surgery. So there's a big variety in kind of the things I see and the ways I can treat it. And so I find that, uh, you know, very, very interesting. And it's a huge, a huge spread of patients too. And so I get to take care of, you know, the athletes we've been talking about, um, young people with shoulder injuries and shoulder instability. And I take care of older patients with arthritis and rotator cuff problems as well. And so kind of getting to get to work with people um, from all, all walks of life on their shoulder problems is a lot of fun for me. Good. Uh, it, it, clearly you enjoy what you do. Um, and heaven forbid I ever have a shoulder problem. I know who I'm going to come see. So thank you very much for your time. We've been talking with shoulder and elbow surgeon, Dr. Melissa Wright from MedStar Health. Dr. Wright, thank you for sharing your experiences here on MedStar Health Doc Talk. Learn more about Dr. Wright at medstarortho.org backslash W-R-I-G-H-T or for an appointment, you can also call 410 Five five four two two seven two.